0: everyone, welcome to episode 6 of the Meet Businesswomen Masterclass podcast, Speaking Up With Confidence. This masterclass was originally delivered on Zoom and is available for you to watch back on your members portal at any time. In this episode, the brilliant Michelle Redfern tells us how to appreciate our strengths and play to them, how to recognise our confidence gaps and close them, and most importantly, how to speak up with confidence in business. Michelle is the founder of Advanced Women. An enterprise providing research and advisory services on workplace equality, inclusion, and gender diversity. She's the co-founder of a career that soars and culturally diverse women, as well as the co-host of the Lead to Soar podcast. Huge thanks to Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Beck, and hi
1: everyone. Brilliant to be with you uh, again today. So uh, I'll just say today because it's, it's clearly lots of. Uh, lots of times all over the world, but for me it's the, it's the uh, early evening here in, um, in, in uh, I was going to say Western Australia, I'm not in Western Australia, I'm in Eastern Australia, I'm in Victoria and Australia, so wonderful to be here. So today uh, we're, we're talking the C word, or I'm talking the C word confidence, and um, well I guess as women you will have been told in a myriad of ways how critical it is for you to be confident, Um, particularly when speaking in front of others at work. And for many of you, your workplaces are somewhat homogenous, so they're male dominated. Uh, You may be one of a few women or you may be feeling like um, you're one of a few and being able to speak up with confidence is absolutely going to be essential for you to have a career that soars. So what I wanna do today is take you through some Some practical, well, some knowledge about confidence, but also some practical tips about what might get in the way of you being confident. What I'm not going to do is do a whole bunch of, well, share a whole bunch of conventional wisdom that is typically shared with women about confidence. So what I want to kick off with today is the first tip and um, so, Sam, just before we start, Sam, has got a handout for all of you. And so uh, I do speak at a fairly uh, rapid clip uh, and share a, a fair bit of information. And I'm always uh, mindful that that can sometimes feel like drinking from the fire hydrant. So uh, you will have a handout, so but feel free to take screenshots um, or ask questions uh, as we come through. Put the questions in the chat. Sam knows she can interrupt me um, or take yourself off mute. I'll I'll pause um, on a couple of occasions to see if if there's any questions. So uh, first of all, for any of you who've been on any of my workshops before, you know that I always start with the definition of leadership. So leadership is using the greatness in you to achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. This is the leadership definition that sits at the cornerstone of, of my life, um, of my leadership um, and what I how I work with women and men um, around, well, having a career that soars and taking businesses forward. And to be confident uh, in, uh, well, in all aspects of your life, uh, but most particularly at work and in business, I, I really want you to understand that definition of leadership. So first of all, the first part of it, and some of you may be able to recite this off by heart because you've been to a few of my workshops now, so bear with me. But first of all, using the greatness in you means bringing your real self, your authentic self, leading from your strengths. Uh, using your leadership presence it means being inspiring uh, it means being ambitious for yourself um, and for the business uh, that you're a part of. it also means leading in alignment with your values, your worldview, and of course your personal purpose. The second part of the leadership definition is well this is one of the most important parts yes they're all important, but this is important because this is this part of the definition is often what is missing from women's workshops, mentoring, coaching, training, book, and the advice we get given about confidence. So um, this is the career advice that women typically don't get. What achieving and sustaining extraordinary outcomes means is understanding your positional purpose. What's your positional purpose? Well, imagine if the CEO, some of you are CEOs, but if the CEO came into this call right now and said, okay, what do I pay you to do around here? You'd be able to answer. And you would say, in your own words, I know what my responsibility is to hit the outcomes that are important for my organisation, the strategic and the financial goals. And I know how I do that as part of my role. It means you know um, about cash, about growth, about profit and about customers. And it rests on an understanding of business, strategic and financial acumen. And the third part of the definition is engaging the greatness in others. And this means bringing out the best in the people around us, really looking for the best in other people, even when they might be a bit aggravating, but looking for the best in all people all of the time, looking for their creativity, using your compassion, team spiritedness, um, inclusivity, um, and of course, using your executive, um, executive communication skills and leveraging your strategic network and some of you have been to uh, how to network like a boss which is about strategic networking and that'll be in the library that that beck talked about so strategic networking is a big part of that it means being able to capture the hearts the minds and the efforts of the people around you and then align them towards the goal and that goal might be your professional career goal it might be your organization's goal or it could be both So to speak up with confidence means that you need to understand all three aspects of that leadership definition. But in business, it's really, really important that you understand how to and also demonstrate by doing it um, about how to take the business forward, that you are speaking up using the language of power, which is the language of business outcome. And, again, that rests on you having that business, strategic and financial outcome. Um, acumen so that's leadership and and the context with which um, we're talking about um, confidence so leadership confidence is part of of your leadership toolkit so now we know a little bit more about that let's have a look at the what the why and the how of speaking up with confidence first of all what is confidence well there's, there's thousands of definitions but I grabbed this one because it, it felt right to me A feeling of self-assurance arising from an appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities and/or qualities. So that if that's what it is, cool. So how do I get more of it? And particularly that that feeling of self-assurance, so that that within, do you know? And it's it's a little bit like you know, if I look back at my earlier self, uh, earlier in my career, I was certainly outwardly very confident, but inwardly. Not so much. So where does that self-assuredness come from? Well, let's have a look. First of all, what does being confident mean? So there was a nice definition. And as I said, there are thousands on the internet. You can find them. But first of all, here's some things that it looks like, what being confident looks like and feels like. So doing what's right and taking action. And we know that that's about leading in line with your values. And we, our values are our moral compass. So being confident to say, hey, I don't want to do that because that's not in line with my values, so on and so forth. Willing to take risks. And, you know, people on um, when when they're planning their career uh, and going through their career, some people have a high appetite for risk, and that means saying yes to to opportunities. It also means making decisions within your life and saying, well, okay, I'm prepared to go the extra mile to make stuff happen. Admitting your mistakes and learning from them, speaking with authority, Thinking and acting positively and being prepared. I'm going to talk more about being prepared a bit further down the track. So that's what being confident is. And of course, there'll be lots and lots of different things that come to your mind about what being confident is. What about in business, though? So let's get a bit more granular. So when we talk about being confident in business, how does this translate? So let's look at doing what's right and taking action. defining what is right and taking the action in the context of what's right for the business. Okay, so again, still leading in line with your values, but saying, okay, my values, the organization's values and goals, and doing the right thing. It does mean taking risks, calculated informed risks. And of course, the more senior you become in organizations, the better you have to be at making decisions based on a a risk profile of the organization and B, by the data, because sometimes it's not black and white. So being able to take risks to drive the organisation forward. The third part, analysing your mistakes through the lens of the business. Because yes, We all have, I mean, God, I've got that many epic fails in my life, it's not funny. Um, but what does an epic fail mean or what does something that hasn't gone quite right mean in the context of the business and how do you learn from it? And we all, well, we will have all made a blue or a mistake in, in our career. How did we learn from it, and how did we confidently talk about how we learn from it and how we're going to do things differently in the future? Speaking with authorities. Now, this one's I I think probably my favourite one here because this is the language of power because it's the language of business outcomes. So, based on our goals, so when you're talking to someone in the organisation about anything, based on our goals, considering the market conditions in the context of our strategy and the financials indicate, and there you can see business, strategic, and financial acumen just in a few words. Thinking and acting positively, and some of you will have had leaders or your leaders yourself, and you've said this to your people, okay for you to come to me with problems, but come with solutions as well, and let's decide on the solutions together. So not just going, everything's Everything's bad and blah, 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 complain, complain, complain. Okay, I can complain for what's a couple of solutions. And, of course, being prepared. Being prepared means doing your homework, knowing the business of your business, knowing the context of what's going on in your organisation when you are speaking up with confidence. So that's what it means. So, great, we could finish now Like I could say, there you go, there's your pa- piece of paper, away you go, and we can we can all, you know, nick off now and do something else. Well, that's, it's not as easy as that because if it was as easy as this, just reading a page, well, none of you would be here and I've, I would be out of a job really. Um, that, that's what it boils down to. So, what does it mean? I said at the start that you will have been told countless times about how to be more confident and or that you should be more confident and that is manif- manifest itself in a whole bunch of different ways but what's really um irritating and concerning and frustrating and all of those kind of words to me is that we are still getting a lot of advice about confidence and when I say we I mean women are still getting a lot of advice that is centered on stuff that, that we're already good at so we've done research of books and articles and blogs and categorised the advice that's given to women about confidence. And there are around 21 frequently stated pieces of advice. So then we tracked that advice against our three-part leadership definition and found a breakdown. And that's what you can see in front of you, this tie this graph. And so in the black, what we're looking at is personal greatness. And the type uh, type of advice that is most, well, it's the most advice that women get. And when we, uh, just as as an aside, when we do our studies and we look at the advice, I beg your the the way bosses perceive women, we know that bosses perceive women as outperforming in personal greatness and outperforming in engaging the greatness in others. They see them as underperforming in business, strategic and financial acumen. But hang on a minute. If that's the case, we're still getting a lot of advice about what we're already good at. What does it look like? Uh, Be assertive and use assertive language, posture, eye contact, dress the part, work on your weaknesses, be authentic, fake it till you make it. So that's the kind of advice that you will see a lot of when we start talking about confidence. The second part in the dark green there is engaging the greatness in others and here. Again, we we don't see as much advice around personal greatness, but there's advice like, you know, self-promote, speak up and engage others. Now, in and of itself, it's probably reasonable advice, but it's not telling you how, and it's certainly not telling you the why. But finally, we come to the area that represents, well, frankly, what we call the missing 33%, business, strategic and financial acumen. And we call it the missing 33%, not because it's necessarily missing in you, but as this demonstrates it's missing in the advice you get, it's often missing in the coaching and the training, et cetera, et cetera. So, and again, we only see, uh, well, 17% of the most frequently cited examples, only 17% relate to the most critical part um, of the leadership competencies for advancement into senior roles. And, of course, arm yourself with info to get the job done. Awesome. So we've got a real imbalance, and I wanted to highlight that so that each one of you can come away from this workshop and say, how do I be aware of the conventional advice that's given to women, particularly about speaking up, being assertive, being whatever, and, and, and speaking with confidence? Because what I want you to do, this advice is not missing, but it's pretty scarce on the ground. So go seeking the advice um, about it. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important.
2: So advice on confidence. Um, we often fix women, try to fix women, not fix the system. And that's a great Don't know if Michelle's mute, uh, froze or mute lost sound. I think she might have yeah. Heard of froze.
0: Yeah, I was. Yeah, same for me. Um, assuming everybody else is the same as
2: well. She will recover soon, I imagine. She's yeah, expert <laughs> in this kind of. Uh, Sorry, everybody, just bear with us a second. I'm sure that, yeah, like Sam said, Michelle will be back on um, as soon as. There we go. I think she's probably just going to rejoin, isn't she, by the looks of it? Just mid flow. Just <laughs> <laughs> wait for me to pop back in. We'll get going again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, it's nothing like the internet going <laughs> uh, all at
1: once. So apologies,
0: folks. Where did I get up to, Beck? No problem. You were just, uh, if you just share your screen again, you were talking about the, you were just finishing off on that pie chart. Um, okay. To set one? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Beautiful. All
2: Can right. Cool. Be on the next slide.
1: Yeah, so obviously I was talking to myself for a few minutes. So there you go. All right. So back in it. Ta da, the show must go on. All righty. So where I was going was that I don't, I, I, I get very frustrated that we look at fixing women rather than fixing the system and we rarely look at the issue of confidence through the lens of well actually there's something wrong with the system and Jessica Bennett who's the author of Feminist Fight Club says women are prone to self-doubt and the reality is it's not their fault this is the product of centuries of history of being constantly told that we're weaker less intelligent, less capable, and and being told that we don't belong. So how could that not saturate your psyche? But it's also the reality that as women, we face more scrutiny of our every move. And again, this is backed up by data. So before you lose heart, and I don't want you to lose heart because this is about navigating this, but before you lose heart, let's recognise that there's some stuff going on that really is a barrier to us. And for the leaders on the call, the people who are managers, managers of managers, um, this is a good conversation to have with your organisation as well. So firstly, the double bind. So women face double binds and double standards. And, in fact, if you're a woman of colour, uh, you, f- you face triple binds and, and triple standards. So we face the pressure to conform in the image of what, it, what constitutes a good woman, a good team player, tuned into other people's comfort or discomfort, not ambitious, not someone who seeks out the spotlight. We're also told to be confident and assertive and step up and speak up. But when we do, that assertiveness, that is, is viewed as something else. And we are often or can often be seen as unlikable and described as someone with... Sharp elbows. Yes, that is someone I have been described as having sharp elbows. Um, I I don't know how you get a sharp elbow, but anyway, sharp elbows. Aggressive. So I I, like many of you, I've had the assertive versus aggressive uh, woman talk. Uh, Being a bitch, and I'm I'm confident. You know, um, conscious that you know not everyone swears as much as I do, so I'll spell it out. Not a team player. Selfish. Too ambitious. Or a prima donna, so not self-effacing enough. And so these these are the things that we face. The second thing is gender stereotypes. So layering on top of that and or building on top of that is that gender stereotypes can hold us back in the workplace. A researcher called um, Ka- Catherine Kaufman um, adds a bit of a twist to that because this gender stereotype can be very embedded in us as women. Again, we've been marinating in a lot of this uh, literature, data, and, the, and data comes in all sorts of different ways, including what we're faced with every day. So data comes in through our eyes and through our ears as well. So it can cause us to question our own ability. It distorts our view of ourselves and of others, and that might be especially concerning or troubling for some women because we're unconsciously buying into these stereotypes that cause us to have a poor self-image and that holds us back professionally. And so when we're immersed in that gendered messaging from the outset of our lives, certainly in our careers, some of it sticks. So these some of these statements might sound or feel familiar to you. Oh, I'm just not good at numbers. Um, public speaking isn't my thing. Oh, look, I prefer to let others take the limelight. I just don't like talking about myself. Now, the reality is some of you will have thought that. Some of you may have said it out loud to others. I certainly have. And it, it wasn't until I started doing this work uh, and including doing work on myself that I started to say, hang on a minute, is this true? And what do I need to do to make it true or prove that it's not true? And then the third thing, again, building on these things, is outright gender bias. We know from research that seventy-five percent of women are shortchanged when their performance is reviewed. Now, that performance review might be, and in the moment, I'm going to make a decision about whether it's Catherine or whether it's Bob that get to go on the next the comment to blah, blah, blah. It might be in a formal performance review, uh, so your half year, your end of year evaluation. It might be when salary pools are being divided up or bonus pools. But the reality is that we are more likely to be judged on our personality than our actual performance. So women receive 1.4 times more critical, subjective, not objective, subjective feedback than their male counterparts. And an example of that is, uh, so here's a couple of examples, um, and and I'm doing, apologies, I'm I'm using binary gender, so male, female, and I recognise that we have a whole bunch of other genders out there, but but, but bear with me. So in one case, the manager notes, Heidi seems to shrink when she's around others, especially clients. She needs to be more self-confident. In the same token, a similar problem, confidence in working with clients, was given a positive spin when Heidi's client was given feedback. Jim needs to develop his natural ability to work with people. Now, you can, you can all see it's the same message, but sent in a very, very different way. A second example, Simone seems paralyzed, confused, and not confident when she's faced with tight deadlines or when she has to make a quick decision. Conversely, Simone's uh, colleague Cameron, Cameron seems hesitant when he makes decisions, but he's able to work out alternative solutions and how to determine to make the most suitable ones. So you can see there that they are three elements of what might be holding us back. What's the call to action there? For us as individual women, pay attention. So be aware that these are the forces that surround us. Can you change the system? Well, this is why make Business Women exist, so that we can together understand these forces and start doing something about it, whether it's a conversation with a colleague, whether it's a conversation with your organisation, which I'm very happy to have, um, so on and so forth, so that we can educate all people about these kind of things. But um, as an individual, what I'm going to ask you to do now is think about what how might these things be overcome? how might I overcome them at an individual level? So what we're going to look at is the 3 C of confidence and this is where we start getting really practical um, about well what you can do about that. Before I do that, I did promise I'd, I'd draw a bit, breath. Sam, any questions or comments that I need to pay attention to in the uh, in the chat?
2: Not at the moment, no. Cool.
1: So folks, do if, if if things are occurring to you, um I, I totally understand not everyone wants to take themselves off mute. They're not a gas bag like I am. Um but if you do, if something does occur to you and you want Sam to pick it up or you want to want me to answer it later, do pop it into the chat. Would love to hear your thoughts. Okay, so let's have a look at the three C's of confidence. The first one is competence. How how competent am I? I? Do I feel competent? Can I prove that I'm competent? Am I perceived as competent? The second one is credibility. Am I a credible businesswoman? Am I a credible businesswoman now? And am I a credible businesswoman? Am I going to be perceived as an even more credible businesswoman in the future? And the third one is choice. Which of my inner voices Am I listening to? Or, in fact, I should, I should say, which voices am I listening to? Now, I'm not talking about me being a little bit, you know, bats in the belfry. We have a lot of voices coming at us every day. I'm going to touch on number three first, just to mix it all up, and we'll come back to competence and credibility after this. So let's
2: talk about the choices that we have. First of all, let's acknowledge, as I've already said, that sexism
1: very much exists. Today, but it's harder to spot so when I first started work in the 1980s um, a long time ago it was really out there you know it was a very and I grew up in a regional town in Western Australia very very easy to spot sexism particularly in the workplace but we've evolved uh, in workplaces um, some of you might be rolling your eyes saying no not much Michelle but I, I get that but Sexism is now more underground. It's, it's subtle, it's insidious, insidious, and it's harder to spot. And therefore, sometimes it's harder to call out. It's things like being interrupted uh, when you speak, um, something that happens twice as frequently for women as it does for men. It's about having your ideas picked up and attributed to someone else, um, typically a man. Now, I've got to say, like, this is not a man bashing, bashing session. This is research back stuff. Um, and though the reason that we that ideas, good ideas, get attributed to men is because our system of thinking, patriarchal system of thinking, instinctively says, oh, if a man, it must be a good idea, and that is backed by social science research. It's being perceived as pushy when we negotiate for a pay rise, or constantly being mistaken for the office assistant or a server. And being asked to grab coffee or other office housework that women are frequently asked to do. And you know what? These are what we call microaggressions. Uh, They are sexist and in and of themselves, people are, don't make a big deal about it, Michelle. It's just one thing. But the reality is they are, they might be one little thing, but there's often a thousand of them. And these microaggressions build up and up and up, and therefore they add up. So, if you've ever seen someone in the workplace, and particularly from an underrepresented community, either women, women of colour, people of colour, have what appears to be a disproportionate reaction to the situation at hand, it's probably because this is not the first time they've been asked to go and take the notes or get the coffee. So, this is what we've got to be aware of these microaggressions. And the reality is, this is one of the best pieces of advice I have seen. So let's have a think about it and just say, that's not the truth. That's their truth, not my inner truth. So this is where we start to think about what's my inner game? How can I reframe what's going on here and build my inner sense of self-assuredness? So this is your opportunity here. We can fool ourselves into believing that we're confident when we're not feeling it. and we can do that in a very, very uh, measured and systematic way. We can choose alternative self-talk. So I'm not confident. I am confident. And for all of you on the call today, you'll fall, you'll fall somewhere along that spectrum. And we're going to talk about situational confidence in a moment. But first, first, first inner truth, when those comments are made, that is someone else's inner truth. It is not yours. You are not pushy. You are not abrasive. You are not designed to do all of the office housework. I think everyone should pitch, uh, pitch in for the office housework, so on and so forth. So that is someone else's truth, not yours. The second part is, okay, I'm not fully confident. I've got to step up on stage or present to the board or write a paper for my boss, whatever. Oh, my God, this is scary. You know what? Yes, it's scary. So Let's acknowledge we're stepping into some different territory that's going to stretch us. It is scary, but I'm going to do my best. But so this is reframing again. Nervousness. I get nervous before every single workshop, masterclass, a speaking event, whether it's to five people or 5,000 people, I get nervous. And it means I care. It means that I care enough to do well. It doesn't derail me because I've got strategies around it. But the reality is instead of going, oh, my God, I'm so nervous, this is paralyzing, I say, I'm nervous, and that's a good thing because I really care, and that means I'm going to do really, really well. Even though I'm unsure about, insert whatever it might be, I remember when I was first approached to move from one side of the country to the other um, here in Australia for a job, I kind of went, wow, that's a big thing. I've got two little kids. and, and, this, and this Do you know what? This is actually really important. It's in line with my career goals and the impact that I want to have. I'm really unsure. I'm not feeling confident, but you know what? I'm going to say yes anyway. Now, that's a fairly uh, extreme example, but it might be, hey, would you come to an event with me, uh, a Meet Business Women event, and come and do some networking? Not sure, but actually, no, yes, I will because this is important for my career. It's important for my business. So even though you're unsure about things, if it's aligned with your goal, reframe that in a game. And the reality is, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, stuff might go south instead of north, but we learn from it. And remember back a few slides ago I talked about being confident, learning from your mistakes, owning them, and then saying, okay, what might I do differently next time? Whatever happens, you will be able to handle it. And, again, this is your inner game. This is you, your own self-talk. Um, and you know what? Think about the past. I've done this before. I've been, I've been a nervous Nelly before. I've been in these situations where I haven't really known what to expect, and I've been okay. This too shall pass. I will be okay. So in your handout, which which you're going to get, I, I want you to stop, breathe, reflect. Which of these situations? So you can think about a situation and which of these strategies, which of these self-talk strategies are going to be able to help you out next time. A great activity is saying, you know what, let me think about the things that are coming up in the next six weeks that are on my plate. And given that we're coming up to the, the holiday season, there'll be networking, there'll be parties, there'll be the rush of getting things done before a holiday break, blah, blah. What are the scenarios that you can plan for to use this alternative self-talk to present as the confident businesswoman that you are? When you wobble, because we all wobble, believe me, Um, and I always, I I love the analogy of, you know, when you first learn to um, uh, ride a bike, very few people jump on a two-wheeler bike without training wheels and just ride off. We wobble, sometimes we fall off and then we get back on. But the reality is alternative self-talk takes into account that sometimes you're confident and sometimes you're not and you're never confident in all things all of the time. So what do you need to do about that? When you wobble, I want you to think about how great you are. Now, I want you to celebrate your current achievements. So how many of you take the time right now? No names, no pack, Phil, and you don't have to own up, but these are thoughts. How many of you take the time to write down regularly what your accomplishments are? What your past successes have been? Just Write them down and Keep a record of positive feedback from other people. I have a folder in my email and it has been the same folder no matter what email client I've had, where I've been working, whatever. It's always called stuff. And my stuff folder is where I put stuff that makes me feel good about me. It might be a client giving me some some feedback that I, you know, that i helped make an impact. It might be a woman who's written to me to say, you've made a difference to me. It might be an award that I've won, whatever it may be. Everything goes into my stuff folder because you know what? There are days when I wobble. Now, the wobble might be just on my own and going, well, okay, today's not a good day. What do I need to do? I want to go back and say this is the impact I have in the world. This is when I did it well and remind myself that this is just one wobbly moment. Great for when you're going into a big presentation or something else. So have your achievement affirmation almanac. Because we don't want you to get accomplishment amnesia, so write it down and be able to reflect on it at any time. If I had you all in a room right now and we were together, I'd, I'd I'd pause us and say, turn to the person next to you and say one thing that you're proud of. But we don't, we can't do that, and we haven't got time, so I'll move on. You're off the hook. Okay. So in your handout again, this is the way. When do you feel confident? When do you feel less? Um, confident what can you draw upon from your achievement almanac that's going to help you get over that that hump? because as I said before confidence is situational there are times when we've just you know 11 foot tall can leap tall buildings and there are other times when we feel wobbly so this is the work uh, in your handout that you can do and you can do it anytime as a great reflection exercise okay next part We're going to talk about competence. So in business, confidence rests on a foundation of leadership competencies. So what does that mean? What it means is, remember our leadership definition. So leadership is using the greatness in you to achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. And thinking about, so if you think about the foundational, my lovely bricks here, of personal greatness, achieving outcomes, engaging others, Confidence sits on top of that. So let's look at the competencies that you may need to build to present yourself as more confident. And this means uh, no matter how many competent tips and tricks and techniques you learn, i.e. your posture, eye contact, fake it till you make it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at work you are only going to have authentic credibility As a confident businesswoman, if you strengthen your base and your base is business, strategic and financial acumen, again, what we call the missing 33%. And this is why it matters. So let's have a look at uh, what women are told. So some of the advice, and I'm just giving you three examples, but some of the advice that women are given and what it means in the context of the missing 33% or business, strategic and financial acumen. First of all, be assertive. So some of you will have been told, I want you to be assertive. I want you to have your voice heard. Come on, you've got to learn to disagree and all that kind of stuff. What that means is, or better advice is, hey, Michelle, what I want you to do is when you are messaging, whether it's in written form, verbally, whatever it may be, let's be talking in the language of business. A business savvy message is based on your business strategic and financial acumen so you're going to be talking about the strategy you're going to be talking about the impact of the financials and of course you're going to be saying what does this mean for the business so being assertive and you can think of all sorts of different scenarios no doubt And I'm going to go through a few of them later about when you can step in and step up and use the language of business the second one speak up so what we're saying here is what we what we want you to do is contribute your perspectives. And some of you will have had managers and performance avails and coaching where people have said, you know, I really want to hear your voice more. I want you to speak up on the Zoom calls. I want you to, you know, talk at the town hall. I want you to present a paper to the board, whatever it may be. And what you're really being told is contribute your perspectives as they relate to your profession, as they relate to your business, Um, as it relates to where the business is heading, so the strategy, and, of course, as it relates to the financials, And then the third one, which we're often told to do, and, in fact, I do a lot of work um, with groups of women around self-promotion, when you're being told, hey, you've got to promote yourself more, you know, build your brand, get, get your name out there, what we're saying is we want to hear about you and your team's contribution to achieving and sustaining the outcomes that are important for this organization. I want to hear how you've taken the strategy into account when you've done something. I want to hear how you've enhanced the financial result. So when we're being told to speak up, that's that what that and how it matters to the so missing. i to come in it going to That's and fine. i going someone- to go back out. Is it
2: going to
1: red? That's fine.
2: And the tram's going to help me down, really.
1: If someone got a question? I can just hear some talking. Yeah.
0: No? So, Gillian, okay. I think you, um, Gillian Hodge, I think just taking yourself off mute. So if you could just mute your microphone, that would be fab.
2: Oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Okay. Um, so all that is relatively
1: um, generic advice. Very, very good advice, but generic. But let's talk about in terms of your career stages. Now, first of all, what I want to say is that if if you're aiming for a promotion, a promotion is a demand for future performance. You're promoted because someone can see evidence that you're ready to perform at the next highest leadership level. They see someone who's confident to take on new challenges to take the business forward. So here's how you can demonstrate that. If you're at the career start or in the early stages of your career, What we want you to do is, is, as an individual contributor, demonstrate mastery of your job inside and out by meeting your individual goals. So we want you to be a role model for high performance at both professional and technical levels. We want you to confidently suggest ways of doing things better for the organisation. So recognising those opportunities and speaking up about them and working on your self-presentation skills. So for those of you who are in that stage of your career, these are three areas that you can can focus on. Now, the great thing about career progression is that as you go through your career, as you become more senior, you add new skills, but sometimes you subtract some as well. So when you move to the middle of your career, it's most of this and more. So in the middle of, of in the middle of organizations, whether it's a, a, um, a leader of people or a leader of leaders, what we're asking you to do is to effectively and confidently lead your people and your team. Your people are looking to you as their team leader to literally display confidence in how to take the business forward, how to coach people for them to achieve their role and take the business forward. They want to know that you are in touch with the industry. They want to know that um, that or that, well, they want to see you using business language. When I say they, your people as well as your boss. Um, and they also want to see that you've got a leadership brand. And the one I haven't talked about is delegation, being able to confidently delegate to people as in, I need you to do something for me. If you are still doing stuff that that you were doing as an individual contributor and not confidently delegating to your teams, it will derail you because you will not be seen as ready for the next layer, which is those exec and C-suite roles. And of course, once you're in executive roles, senior manager and executive C-suite, all of the preceding leadership skills come with you. But... They are insufficient when you're promoted to an executive position because now you're paid to position the organisation for success. So that means you need to hone your skills around rigorous and productive external relationships, understand the broad external trends that are, are impacting, providing headwinds or tailwinds to your organisation, um, maintain resolve and confidently talk about the business both the internal and external stakeholders with your executive presence. Executive presence is the ability to attract and hold the attention of people whilst delivering a business savvy message. Uh, So that's how the competencies differ by level. And again, I'd ask you to stop, breathe and reflect right now. What do you need to demonstrate more confidently based on your career stage? So, Again, this will be in the handout for you to for you to consider so the final one is credibility and I'm conscious that uh, we are getting close to time so I'm going to whip through this uh, and it is fairly detailed and you do have this in your handout how might you work that internal and external you? Um, Internally, do you feel credible, but externally, you're not perceived as credible? Or internally, don't you feel credible, but externally, you are? Or something in between. So internally is how you feel. Externally, is how you're seen. And you will more than likely fit somewhere on this grid. And the question is, where are you right now? and that difference between balancing extrinsic and intrinsic motivation is really important because you really you want it to be about even we don't want to have to over rely on external uh, external validation we don't want to only rely on internal validation so let's have a look at the strategies that you might want to deploy wherever you are on the grid so quadrant 1 i i I've got low internal credibility and I perceive that my credibility externally is low. Building your business strategic and financial acumen, constantly assessing where are you, where are those successes I've had. Use that almanac to say this is the evidence um, of of my confidence, uh, my my achievements and my accomplishments. Practice self-promotion in those legitimate, safe environments, particularly your performance reviews. Make Sure, that you make time for rehearsal and practice sharing your ideas. Your Meet Business Women community is a great place to practice sharing ideas. Find those safe spaces. The next one, quadrant three again, building your business strategic and financial acumen. Practice the self promotion, rehearse the points you want to make at meetings, practice idea sharing, all of that stuff, but ask for feedback. So, this is when you Feel confident internally, but you just don't feel like you're getting the cut through externally. So ask people in the context of these things, tell me what I need to do more of or less of. The third one is I don't feel credible, but people are telling me I am. Now, I've got to say, this is the one, if, if you would have t- spoken to me 15 or 20 years ago, this was me. he will go, oh, you the amazing. I think I'm a bit rubbish actually, but anyway. So what do you do about that? You've, but this is where you've really got to stop, breathe, reflect. Who am I? What do I bring? How do I show up? And you, we've got to bring that intrinsic motivation up. So, are you still working on your business strategic and financial acumen. If you're feeling low confidence and credibility internally, why is it so? Do you have the competencies that you can rest on to feel more confident? All of the all of the above: practice, rehearsing, um, share ideas, and ask for feedback again about your assertiveness, etc., from trusted sources. And then the final one, you're nailing it. So keep doing what you're doing, but share it. The ripple effect women, this is what we've got to do is say take all of this. If this is where you're, if this is where you are right now, how might you make that easier for the women that come after you? How might you share that when you're mentoring, when you're coaching uh, and when you're leading teams? So as I said, I've, I've whipped through that, but you do have all of this uh, in your handout. Situations, so where can we demonstrate our confidence? Well, there's a lot of different places. And and I know some of you sent through some questions, but, you know, when you're making a business case for something to happen, you can demonstrate your confidence, particularly resting on your business strategic and financial acumen, giving difficult feedback, whether it's to one of your team members, to a peer or a colleague, or to your boss. That's when you can demonstrate confidence. Obviously, making a formal presentation, a town hall, a speech, um, a keynote, whatever it may be. Raising a point. So, hey, I'd like to make a point in a meeting and here's why I'd like to make it. Or disagreeing with someone in a meeting. And it's always, always handy um, when you rest on, hey, I really like your point, Andrea, but what I prefer to see is X, Y, Z based on taking the business forward. So again, it's that business strategic and financial acumen. Delegating work, please your people want to do good work. They want to get stretch assignments. They don't want you to do their job for them. Be confident in delegating work to them. If delegation is, is an Achilles heel for you, you've got to deal with that because it will be a career, a career derailer. And of course, introducing yourself. The old good old elevator pitch. Ten ways to speak up with confidence. First of all, know your stuff. Know your numbers. Know your audience. There's no point, um, you know, sending a message down the line if the audience just has to go, whoa, and you will have sat in presentations where that audience, the person clearly didn't know the audience. Be brief, be crisp, succinct, and to the point. Don't waffle. Be prepared. Prior preparation prevents poor performance and you can never be prepared enough. If you are nervous and you are you feel like you're going to have a wobble, prepare, prepare, prepare. Be ready. Sometimes you'll get a 20-minute time slot when you're going to go and present to the, the group leadership team or to the board or to an external stakeholder and then you'll find at the last minute it's five minutes because someone else has run over time. That is the reality of executive and boardrooms. Be ready to do that. Lead with facts. So lead with the facts, focus on the facts. Um, Executives are rarely interested in anything else. Again, be concise. Don't bury performance data in an abundance of detail. What, so what, now what is a a really good way of presenting stuff. What's going on? So what does this mean? Now what do we do about it? Focus on performance. So what do we do about that? This is why we have to do the X, Y, Z, because this is going to take us towards our goals um, for the business. Process, um, I beg your pardon, present the information through the lens of what your or how your stakeholders want to hear it, taking the business forward. Be objective uh, and, uh, I beg your pardon, be articulate. uh, And that means you can be passionate, you can have energy and you can have conviction. But... We don't want to be emotional and there's a whole other workshop on emotion and I I recognise and acknowledge that women are too often told stop being emotional and we have to educate some of those people about that. But being articulate is one way of getting over that. Be objective. Others' views and experiences might differ from yours and in some cases that might be right. So being objective and being able to accept others' world views and forming a decision in the moment, and communicating it is another way of demonstrating confidence. And don't diminish, limit the use of oh, "I'm sorry, I, I, I know you won't like this, and I know you're really busy." And look, I'm blah, blah, blah. say what you need to say. Don't dial down. Don't apologise for being there. You are entitled to be in this room or any other room, uh, expressing your message that you need to get across with confidence. So there's the 10 ways to speak up with confidence and of course the 11th because there's always a bonus remember the language of business and the language of business is the language of outcome how are you taking the business forward so remember that language and it. Thank you folks and I reckon I've just squeaked in on time so Sam, Beck, back to you.
0: Thank you Michelle that was brilliant and yeah you've I don't know how you did that, but you've got it all in within two minutes to spare. So fab. (laughs) Um, There hasn't been any messages or questions come through on the chat. um, And I know we have got a couple of minutes. So there was a few questions come in uh, when people registered. And there was one theme that kind of kept cropping up again and again, conscious that we've not got too much time. But I just wanted to kind of touch on it because I think it's quite important. Um, And that was all around kind of confidence versus arrogance. So, how to kind of challenge or overcome the perception of confidence versus arrogance? Maybe when you're in a meeting with male colleagues or more senior colleagues. So, just wanted to get your thoughts on that, really, to kind of to finish off today.
1: Yeah. So, two things. Uh, number one is uh, using that language, the language of business, um, and being able to talk confidently and articulately about the business, the business issue you're trying to solve. Um, and the second one is being aware that. Quite frankly, we are going to be judged um, or held to a different account than perhaps our male colleagues will. And to overcome that, have a conversation. If you're encountering this again and again, have a conversation with your boss or with an ally who can then lobby on your behalf and also intervene on your behalf. Women, when we're in organise, uh, when we're in organizations together and in meetings together, and we see this happening use the amplification strategy. So if Beck was saying something, someone said, Oh Beck, that's a bit over the top. actually what I want to say here, I really enjoy what Beck said and I think we need to hear more of that because it's exactly what we need. Those sort of ideas are what we need in this organisation. So we can be allies to each other or we can engage other allies to say I'm confronted with this all the time. Please help me overcome it. Thank, Thank you for that.
0: that. That's great advice. Thanks Michelle. <laughs> Um, loads of comments coming in from the chat, thank you. Um, definitely saw things that I need to do, time to reflect. Um, thank you for reminding me I have confidence. So yeah, great stuff. Um, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, if you've got any last minute comments, I know you know we've run out of time, but I'm sure Michelle will happy to take them afterwards. Um, otherwise, thanks for joining, and we'll see you next time. Meet Business Women is the global professional network for women working across the meat industry. Our mission is to connect women working in every role, driving positive change and providing a support network like no other.
2: Visit meetbusinesswomen.org to find out more.